You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. We want fields. Echoing down here at Soldier Field. Loud and clear, they're talking to Ryan Poles and the Kevin Warren. We want Justin Fields. Don't go get another quarterback because, like you said, Ross, that is the electric plays that he makes that fires up any fan base. Well, he's certainly making the decision tougher on him, that's for sure, right, with the way he's playing. with us yesterday. You said, I'm aware this could be my last game in Soldier Field. All I can control is soaking in every moment. Can you explain what it was like to hear the crowds chant, we won fields, and and have your back every step of the way? Yeah, I mean, this city's amazing. Like like I've said plenty of times, the city, the people, and um, really just the fan base, everybody, bro. Like, it's just, it's crazy. So, um, I mean, last home, home game at Soldier Field this year, you couldn't have it any better snowing. Um, you know, it's awesome. Just the atmosphere with everybody, uh, the crowd, you know, how we ended things and finished the game off. I mean, it's awesome. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. So, uh, you know, all glory to God, and I'm just thankful for all of it. Justin Fields, Sunday on CBS. You got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, he played great. And uh, I've always said this, that, that Fields has been a... a Great leader, and you love all the intangibles. Yeah, tangibles and the intangibles. Yeah. So I've always said, like, if you created a quarterback in a lab, he's got the size, the strength, the speed. He's got everything. Just for me, the production between the lines hasn't been what I've wanted it to be. Yesterday was exactly what everyone's wanted it to be. Yeah. So is this? the floor for him and we still have more to go or is this the ceiling like his best game and we'll never see it again i think a lot of people are thinking this is more closer to the floor than the ceiling like this is but he's got to do it week in and week out no doubt about it and it's been inconsistent can i also say let's not i'm going to say both undersell or oversell this idea of him in the locker room with his teammates like it's something it's worth something but it's not worth everything you don't think if and I'm not the biggest Caleb Williams guy, but you don't think if they move on from Fields, they bring Williams in, he's throwing darts to DJ Moore, they're not going to say the same good things about him if he's a good guy and a good quarterback. But they're, he's their quarterback now. So it's worth something. It's worth something, but it's not worth everything. It's not worth everything. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. always going to back your quarterback no matter what, usually. You, right, and, and you don't want to upset the the chemistry of a team ready to take off either exactly uh, that and, and 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 if and if it's if going to be they're ready to take right, off right look look uh, you're right about production will settle a lot of that mm-hmm. but again um, if they deem uh, a guy who's going to be great and he is great and 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 you do have to go through that introductory period it could be a little rocky early but then in the in the bigger picture sure. it will settle. But you don't you don't want a team ready to take off to be brought down right. if a guy isn't going to fit in. It's ama- that could be bad too. It, it, in a lot of ways, it's amazing. You, I mean, GMs don't think of things in one game spans, but it is kind of amazing if they do win this week. The vibe, man, is really going to be insane for twenty twenty four. Well, this is this game for me too. Goes <laughs> goes a long way. This Packer game, and then we'll get to your calls. Um, this is a team. 
we all know that the Bears have had a really hard time beating. Home or away. What's the record? What are they, like 5-21 and 21 or something like that in their last, like, 26 games? I, I, I got to look at the record. It's so bad over the last 15 years or so. Um, I, I, I wrote this down for when Eberflus joins us because he said it's just another game for him. And, like, come on, coach. Like, in his three games that he's faced, the Packers – um, and Eberflus is going to join us at 410. We've, we've solidified that. So in about an hour and 10 minutes. Set your alarms. Uh, they've outscored the Bears 93 to 49. That's not good. No, not good. Um, and it's the only team that they have not beaten in their division now. Remember when they hadn't beaten any right, team right. in the now division? Now they've beaten them all. Now they've beaten them all. And so for, for a team, for Justin Fields, it's, it's a team that's had their defensive woes. They want their defensive coordinator, the Packer fans. They want his head on a platter. Yeah. They want him gone. They want him fired. So Justin coming off of his best game. I want Justin going up in Lambeau. And I want him to, to do what he did against the Falcons, a good defensive team. I want him to do the same stuff against the Packers. No doubt. Do it again. And, and for me, it's a full circle moment. You know, I mentioned before I, I went to opening day. And I had the most fun tailgating, and then the game started. So this is a full circle moment right. against the Packers. You looked awful that day. Like, what were you doing even in the preseason? I remember texting, I think you and Tommy's like, what did they do all summer? This is how you start the season? It's so true. But now we fast forward to this, and maybe it will come full circle, and we'll see a, a team that looks unlike what they did in week one, a whole different thing. It's, it's, it's that full circle moment. It's also like lightning striking twice with the Bears and the Lions. Uh, a year ago, it was the Lions who really didn't end up having anything to play for except for a good feeling of knocking out the yeah. Packers and then playing for next year's momentum. And the Bears, like in the middle of the season, they were going nowhere. And just like the Lions a year ago, and they turned it around and they created this momentum. And then all of a sudden, the Lions win the division the next year based on their second-half success. Could the Bears end the season just like the Lions ended the season last year with a win in Green Bay and knock the Packers out of the postseason? Like, there's that, too. Yeah, I'm like, so, like, in my book, it would go a long way for Justin to put up those big numbers again. That's what I'm saying. Usually, we don't, one-game sample sizes don't really, but maybe, you know, the the, the feeling is going to be so different at 8, 9, 7, 10, but also just the way the season finished if you win this thing. What, 5 and 1 over the last 6 or something? What was it? What would it be? And, five and of their last seven. Five of their last seven, and the two win, losses were the collapses. Yeah. And, and two of the lo- the two losses were collapses. You know, which you, you know, again, if you wanted to play that game hypothetically, they could have finished on an eight game win streak. But yep. it is what it is. Tom in Oakland, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? What's up, uh, Sylvie? What's up, Jesse? Happy New Year's to you guys. Happy New so, Year. Um, so um, this is something that's kind of gotten me a little. And even Jesse kind of said this. Everybody's already like, you know, well, let's go. and We got to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a generational talent out of uh, receiver and such and build around Justin Fields. But then when you mention about how, well, they say Caleb Williams is a generational talent as well at, at quarterback, everybody's very quick to say, well, we don't know what, just, what Caleb Williams can be. He could be a bust. And then they start labeling guys like, Demarcus Russell and Brady Quinn, and I've even heard like Jimmy Clausen, who was never said as a generational talent. So, well, and 
hey, I could play that game too. Okay, let Charles me ju- let me ju- let me jump in, Tom, and just say this. I think it's a little bit easier to identify a generational wide receiver. Like he's either got the talent or not. There's so much that goes into being a generational quarterback between the ears, the the legs, the arms. So I think it's harder to assess a quarterback. That's just my my opinion, at least. And by the way, not everybody is saying Caleb Williams is generational. Not everybody. Well, uh, I'll give you some names. Uh, Charles Rogers, Peter Warwick, uh, Justin Blackman, Mike Williams. Uh, here's one. David Terrell and Kevin White, all of them top ten. Some of them even top five. Pick wide receivers and such. All bust. So, in other words, everything's no, not, a risk. No, no, everything's I'm, a risk. You've got to scout yeah, right. I, yeah, exactly. Scout like, well, and I'm not saying that Marvin Harrison will be a, ju- a bust. But I'm not saying Caleb Williams is going to be a bust either. We should let them play play out their uh, thing. And if they feel like Caleb Williams is better than what they have at Justin Fields, we should let we should let it all play out that way. I'm just afraid that we're they're gonna if they draft Caleb Williams and they decide well we want to go this route that people are already going to say well this guy's going to be a bust just because they're Justin Fields fans. And I I, I want. Bears fans to just let everything play out. Don't just, you know, say because I've seen this uh, before too where Fields has had a good game and then he had a bad game. Like he had a good game against, if you wanted to say he had a good game against the Lions when they lost, even though he didn't throw for over 200 yards. That's fine. Then he had a bad game against the Vikings. Then he had a good game against the Lions. Then he had a bad game against the Browns. And I've just I've seen that way too much. So, Tom, understandable. And like, yeah, I mean, look, you could, you can ping pong back and forth about the receivers, like Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua this year. Where, like, do you need to draft the quarter, the the wide receiver too? Like, you keep going for the anomaly at quarterback in the seventh round, even though their team decided to draft the quarterback at three. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, even them, they decided to tra- draft Trey Lance at three. Um, you could you could get the wide receiver. They're littered throughout the league in the second round, in the third round, yeah. late in the first round. They're it's all like you over said, the this place. This is what they're paid to do. They got to get it right. They got to get, right. Just you know, get I, it right. I heard a caller with Carmen Yurko say, "Oh, he's in a lose. Pose is in a lose lose because no matter what he does, no, he's in a win win." But he has to get it right. right. <laughs> he yes. still has to yeah. get it right. But either decision could be the right decision. Sure, sure. They both could be the right decision, yes. but you only can pick one. Yes. Or or you could pick many correctly because he could he could parlay he could, this. He could, yeah, he could. Right. But in terms of you only have one starting quarterback. So he's yeah, gonna choose quarterback. He's yes. gonna choose Williams or Fields or someone else, and we'll find out if he's right. Ken in Aurora, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Ken? Not much. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Good. Hey, uh, what if what if it's wrong all around? They get rid of Fields. He's he, and he turns out to be a bust. He gets that actually right, and he says they want uh, uh, Caleb Williams, and he turns out to be a bust as well. What, what's you know what, what's going to happen? You know what. What would be the outcome of that one? But the outcome you know, would be that we're all about- going to hide like, in, our, if in, they, a, in our cave or something. Look, they, like, the outcome if if they whoever they choose, if if they keep Fields and they pay Fields and Fields never becomes a superstar or a star even, or even like a lot of people I've I've read, even if he's good, like a lot of people have preached, 
if we have a good quarterback surrounded by great talent, that's good enough. That's what I was kind of saying. Right, yeah. right. And, and, um, or if, like, if that doesn't happen and he's just average, that won't be good. And if they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May and they're not good, like, that will be bad too. Like, you, whichever choice you make, that guy has to be really good. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah, I, I said earlier before the show that I, I think you're messing with the football gods if you say we have a starting quarterback who has improved, but and he's unique in his skill set, but we don't like him. We th- we think this guy's going to be better. We think I just think you're messing with the football gods. I really are. You found a guy with a unique skill set who is having good games now. Bill, look at look at what DJ Moore did. All those catches he made the other night, they 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 focused, they they targeted him, and he made Justin Fields look even better than he is. Marvin Harrison on their side will do the same thing. They, you can do it the other way. You can elevate the play of your quarterback with talent all around him. Not to say he's a I'm, crappy quarterback. I'm trying to think: is there is there a comp to what you're saying? Well, is there I've, been, I've to kind a, of been saying Brock Purdy, but Waddle no, and, no, no, no. I don't. I mean, like a, a quarterback or or a player in sports that that a team messed with the the gods, oh. the sports gods, and that they chose. That that good wasn't good enough. Right. Don't let good be or either way. Don't like, let perfect be the enemy right, of good. Right, right, yeah. right. Or where um, it maybe it maybe was it helped them. Yeah, like right. May, may, maybe it, like they said, well, look, we have good, but we think we can be better. So, well, the the easiest analogy and, and would be better. a quarterback, but I have to think about it. Like, I have to think about it. Uh, I'm reminded of Elton Brand when the Bulls traded him for oh, an addition. <laughs> they tempted the they, uh, basketball they, they, guys. They went with Tyson Chandler. They did. Right? So they could pair him with Eddie, Car- Eddie Curry. I mean, did was there a win anywhere around I mean, there? Probably not. I, this might be dumb, but far, the Packers moving on from Favre to give the ball to Rodgers? I mean, but, but he was probably... It, it was, was Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right, but I'm, they didn't know Rodgers was going right. to be a Hall of Famer. So but that was it, one that did work out. The thing here is that Fields is entering his prime. Right. He is not... He has not proven anything yet. That's the thing. You're going to have to pay a lot for a guy who's not still proven everything, but is also entering his prime years. I think the best way to say it is he's proven about as much as the team has proven. He's kind of improved with the team, but maybe that's not good enough. I agree with you. This is your quarterback. Your quarterback needs to be one of your best players. I'm not saying you can have a crappy quarterback and a great team. He needs to be really good, but he doesn't need to be Hall of Fame good. Uh, Jamie and Gray's Lake here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jamie? Hey guys, thanks. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. You got sure it. Thing. Hey, two quick things. Uh, first, on the game this Sunday, I just want to say, as a Bears fan, this is not a throwaway game for me. This is kind of my Super Bowl. It's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> it and should I, be. I, I am 100% comfortable making this kind of like a final exam for Eberflus and Getty. You win, great, stay. You go up there and get smoked. Fire him! Like I'm great with that. Let's let's put it on the line. Let's this is the matter. fire him game. This is this is this is he's playing Truly for his is the job Super Bowl. Game. Truly is the Super Bowl. No, I he's this. Listen, you've had three games that you've blown. You want to prove that you've grown as a coach? Go up there and take care of business. Do what Detroit did last year. You do that. You've demonstrated that you've earned another year. Let's you get smoked. I'm not sure that you have. This is a true reality yeah, show right. game. Let's play the. Uh, what has polls made a decision on already? I, I I think the coach is back. He I I'm going to say he hasn't made a decision on Fields. 
Like they're going to take all the information in the offseason. You know, it's not going to be one person, it's going to be the whole group and talk it over. But I think he's probably made the decision on Eberflus. Let me play you a couple of things. Yeah. Speaking of that, because yeah. you read my mind. Yeah. This was this is when my antenna first went up. Okay. The Bears get Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat comes into the building. We're doing the show from Hallis Hall. And I freaked out this. For those who listen to the show, I freaked out this day. And the Bears still hadn't turned it around then. This is sort of in that moment when you say who would have. This was the moment where you would have said who would have ever thought they would have turned the season around then. There was no sign at that moment the Bears were going to turn the season around at this point. Right. And so... Poles is talking about getting sweat, him being a multiplier, and then he's asked about Eberflus. And he raves about Eberflus. And this is what I heard, and, and I freaked out. And I'll, I'll tell you what. And, and like I, I said, I looked at Waddle, I go, he's coming back. And the guy said to me, well, what do you want him to say? And I go, well, there's a difference between raving about your coach mm-hmm. and, and, and not roasting him. You could say, look, we, we believe in Matt. Um, we like him, and he's done a good job. And raving, and this is what he said on that day when there was no sign that Matt Eberflus was the answer. Yeah, and I get the question. He, what I see on a, every every day, where I see him address the team, and I see his approach through adversity, it is stable, man. And I know in the outside world it doesn't look like that, and I know it looks like we're far away. But this dude comes in every day and just keeps chipping away. He has high integrity. The people that he brings in here, he's done the work to make sure that they're the people they're supposed to be. Again, we hold that standard. If it doesn't follow that and, and, and people aren't acting that way, they're not here. But the way that he holds holds everything down here is incredible for how loud it is, how tough it is. I mean, this team, you could watch them. They fight. I know this past weekend wasn't great. But you can't watch that team and be like, oh, they're going to fold. Most teams fold, and they're not folding. It's been hard. It's been really hard, especially from where we started last year, trying to build this into it the right way. What I see from him on a daily basis and how he gets his team ready on a weekly basis, to me, I see a grown man that has leadership skills to get this thing out of the hole and into where it needs to be. Jesse, this is after he had to fire his defensive coordinator for HR violations, his running back coach after HR violations. This is after they blew that first game against Denver. And I ran up to the the media room and I said, guys, that doesn't sound like a general manager ready to fire his coach at the end of the season. I go, Sylvia, you're crazy. What do you want him to say? I go, well, a general manager doesn't say that about a guy who he's ready to fire. Remember, and, maybe even mid-season, but a lot of people are like, fire him now. Right. So he definitely wasn't ready to fire him then, and, and, and like, I don't disagree with and, you. And if he says that during the worst times, now imagine how he right. feels about him after winning some of his games, after he gets Montez Sweat in the building, and Montez Sweat is playing his best football of his career. So to answer your question, based on all of this, and then about what Biggs is saying, and yeah. then about what Rappaport is saying, I don't think Ibrahimovic is going anywhere. Yeah, and I think he's probably earned the right to to return. Um, you can, yeah. I, I, you know, I was thinking of Theo Epstein, like it, it, Dale Swain, for example. Like at the end of the year, kind of got a feeling because you can you can read between the lines, but in that case, that's not even reading between the lines. Right. I mean, Paul's he's telling you the length of that answer. Yes, you know, you could go a lot shorter. 
and a lot more succinct in terms of your praise of a guy. He went pretty long there, and I'm just thinking of people I've been around. And when Theo talked about Dale Swaim, it wasn't like that. Right. The, that was the first name that came to mind. So again, like I always think they, they want to share some clues. Whether they're doing it intentionally or subconsciously. So listen to this. I think they want to try to be as honest as they can be. Well, not always, but I think some. As they can be. Well, listen to this then. So this is polls then, what, 10 weeks ago? That was polls 10 weeks ago. And I thought he gave you real honesty the way he felt about Eberflus in the worst times. That he felt that he still was his guy. He was asked on the pregame show about evaluating Justin. You tell, like, I'm confused by this. Okay, let me hear it. If he really believed in Justin, if Justin was really his guy, answer me when you heard that about Eberflus in the worst times, the way he raved about Eberflus, and he told you, why won't he rave about Fields? This is Joniak's question to polls in the pregame show. Many are asking me, they're wondering if these two games are kind of like a a final evaluation of some sort significant for Justin and his future, or is that an overstatement? And what happens moving forward with QB in all positions, I would imagine, would be the result of some really investment of internal thought and discussion, I would imagine. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have those discussions at the end of the year, but at the end of the day, we're going to just look at a holistic view of, of really every position and every player. Um, that's important um, to know where we are and where we're going to go. Um, so that's what we'll do. We'll put the tape on, kind of go over the, the big picture and make uh, the best decision for the Bears as possible. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because unlike the coaching situation, there's a st- strategic part of this thing, meaning are we trading the first pick? Are we keeping it? Which of the two quarterbacks we like if we are drafting May or Williams? So I think anything personnel-wise, it it behooves him to keep it close to the best. I, I, I don't think it okay. means... He's moving on. I, I also don't think, look, let's state the obvious. This is not a three-time MVP that's clearly the starter moving forward. He well, w- well, Eberflus wasn't coach of the year at the point. Like, Eberflus wasn't showing you anything, and he stuck his neck on the line. Why won't he tell you, we love Justin. We love the leadership. Because he, we he love the athlete. Because, we, well, he has said some of that stuff, but I don't think he has set for sure in his mind. He hasn't made up the decision, and they have the number one pick, so of course you're going to have to think about it, and also you got to keep it a little bit close to the vest for strategic reasons. I, I, I do get that part, because if you do have Justin, you could say to the other teams um, that with, with right. these picks, look, if you're not going to give us what, what we gonna, want for number one, look, we'll just trade we'll, Justin and, and we'll, we'll, we'll draft. draft. Exactly. Like, well, you could use all of that for leverage, even if you're bluffing. Yeah. Um, so, Phil in Rogers Park. What's up, Phil? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Great you to too. talk to you. Happy New Year. Um, all right. So, I, I'm going to rant a little bit. Uh, you I'll always do. As as I can. Um, guys, it's a massive mistake if they keep Eberflus here. I know the conversation is about the quarterback. That's all for not if we have the wrong coach with this team. I want a Super Bowl as much as anybody else in the city, of course. I wholeheartedly believe, though, that you can't have that unless you have, number one, a franchise quarterback, which we all know, but number two, a difference-making head coach, which I wholeheartedly believe that Matt Eberflus is not that guy, and I'll tell you exactly why. They have seven wins this year. Washington, Carolina, Minnesota, Las Vegas, Detroit, Arizona, and Atlanta. That was Sam Howell, Bryce Young, Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff outside, Brian Hoyer, and Taylor Heineke. 
those coaches they beat, Ron Rivera is getting fired. Frank Reich's already been fired. Kevin O'Connell, Dan Campbell, Jonathan Gannon, Josh McDaniels are fired. Arthur Smith, who's you know should be fired. <laughs> those teams going into the, this past week had a combined record of 34 and 56. Sylvia mentioned Eberflus ties the NFL record with most fourth quarter leads blown after leading by 10 points at least three games this year. Two coaches were fired this year already on his staff for personal reasons. We still don't know those full details. They've spent over $200 million on the defense since he was hired. Five day two draft picks on defensive players. They'll keep him in spite of the fact that Jim Harbaugh, an elite proven coach, is available this offseason. They're likely going to replace Fields, though. Like, even though Fields has shown he's more capable in his role, in my opinion, than the head coach has shown in his. So the only reason that we even have this discussion about the club moving on from Fields at this point is the possibility of upgrading with Caleb Williams, even though we don't even know what Williams pans out to. Having, But on the other hand, we know that Jim Harbaugh is a significant head coach upgrade for Matt Eberflus and is clearly going to be available. But yet we don't have that conversation because we just assume with the Trace Armstrong connections, as Poles and Eberflus have the same agent, Armstrong, and it's just the way the Bears have done business always. The only coach that they fired after two seasons is Mark Trestman. We all know how that went down. But you know what? It's that same line of thinking that has resulted in the 30 years of futility since the 85 team. I mean, it's just so out of, it's so outdated and in order for the Bears to get to that Super Bowl, I want to be playing meaningful games in January, in late January. If Sean McVay was this coach, Sylvie, you know that they would be, as Yurko said, the difference between eight wins and 11 wins is, is significant. That's how you get from good to great. The great coaches make that difference. McVay, Shanahan, Andy Reid, all those guys do. Jim Harbaugh is one of those guys. The Bears should be doing everything in their power to get him to Chicago this offseason. It's, it's going to be the same thing as Andy Reid went to the Chiefs in 2012, completely turned that around. The Chiefs have won the eight, last eight divisions in the AFC West. They've been the eight, the eight division champions the last eight years, okay? And so the Bears, they want the same success. Well, let me yeah. ask you this, Phil. I, sure. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Ryan Poles was in Kansas City for all those years. What does he see in Matt Eberflus to think that he's his Andy Reid? I, I couldn't answer that. Well, yeah, so, he, yeah he, he's not I, answering like, that. that. Like that, that's what I, I like, mean. But you're that, asking about I'm one of the best by. coaches yeah. of all time, yeah. though. I mean, well, but Harbaugh is, is a winner everywhere right, he's been. I'm going to give you some inside information. Oh, really? Kevin, Kevin Warren is not hiring Jim Harbaugh, and I don't even, and I don't think the McCaskies are either. So let, that is not happening. Why? Because of the Big Ten stuff. Big Ten stuff, and I just don't think Jim Harbaugh and the McCaskies are. On the same wavelength, they were. But, 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 they were but Kevin when he Warren was here. as well. Kevin Warren as well. Yeah, but Jim is kind of beats to his own drum. Well, of course. So I don't. It's know. a winning drum. Do though. McCaskies like guys that beat to their own drum? But more than that, well, I don't think Kevin Warren's hiring him. Again, like you could be comfortable, or you could be a little uncomfortable oh, I, and win. I love Jim Armour. I've I've spent many a night out with him back in the old oh, days. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Well, you have to fill us in on Wild's oh, yeah. world on that. Okay, I want to hear your best being out with Jim Harbaugh story now. Okay. In, in Waddle's world, okay? And we'll take more of your phone calls. Jesse's in for Waddle. But can I say one thing about the caller? I think his point about the schedule is a good one. Bear's schedule was easy. 
and they finally started to take advantage of it. He's right about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and and we will continue. That's why I want to see them beat Green Bay here. Yeah, I Green agree. Bay's got a lot to win here. For sure. They've got a lot to play for. And, and Jordan Love has put together this this season that I was not expecting, uh, which, which I feel... Oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more on that coming up. Uh, Waddle's World and uh, your phone calls next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. And he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salts. Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. I think we're just going to stick with the phone lines, but I can give you a Harbaugh story if you want. A couple. Give a, like, I didn't know that you... I ran with Harbaugh a little bit. Why? Pat, Pappy and I. Like, you know, I... just... You know how... Just covering them and being around them and just... Uh, I thought he was done when you started. No, no, no. We uh, So we, we had some fun nights. One of them was in Park Ridge at this place, Basta Pasta, where we did... Basta Pasta! Right, we did North's TV show. And this, this listen to this crew. So it's me, Mike. We're in a booth. This is like late afternoon, so it's not busy. Drinking like, a, like crazy. It's me, Mike. Harbaugh. Jeremy Roenick. Chris Chelios. Wow. That's the crew. I mean, a lot of drinking going on. I just remember this. You know how you're at a restaurant along the walls, they have like bottles there that are just for decoration. I just remember Ronick ripping open these bottles that had been there 30 years. I'm shocked. And just guzzling them. I'm shocked. And uh, But Harbo was a lot of fun to hang out with back then. They're, I mean, they all were. So wait, 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 this was at the very end then of Harbaugh here, must have right? Been, Before yeah. Captain Comeback? Yeah, maybe 90, 90. 94, 90, right? When he, was, wasn't he still well, here in 94? He didn't, Wani did not like him, right? Well, didn't Wani go to... Go to Go into the season one year with him, and then basically get rid of him for Steve Walsh. Was it? Yes, because remember he had yeah. Walsh in Dallas. Oh, for the I got so what was Harbaugh's last gotta, year? Got to do it like Jimmy. Three, ninety-three. So it was just like I was just a pup in the business here, and I'm out with Ronick Chelios and Harbaugh and, and and Mike North. We had some fun. Um, Harbaugh lived in Deerfield when he was here, didn't he? I, I was think, telling Braxton that yesterday. Yeah, and, and I remember he was the son of a coach. Like, even then, we the chatter was, this guy's going to be a coach someday. You know, and look what he's done on the verge of a national championship. By the way, who do you like next Monday? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Team Michigan. I'm Team Michigan, too, but I would not discount the Huskies, man. Oh, what Pe- the, Penix looks for, great. For a team that was 14-0, I don't know how many times they were an underdog, but probably three or four times. Yeah. But to Oregon, I think, twice. I mean, they just keep on winning. That passing game last night wow that was impressive tyler you're a you're a uh, college football guy mm-hmm. i'm not that was the best night of college football since i mean that is one of the best, best i playoff. can ever remember because you got two high magnitude games that like really meant something that both went down to the wire and like even you could say like oh the washington game like they were dominant in parts of it but like 
watching the dominance of Washington throughout some of that game was a lot of fun. That's what that might be the best night of college football I can remember watching. I think next week's going to be great. I, I really do. I don't see why it wouldn't be just as good. Um, but uh, you know what? At the end of the day, those of us, including myself, who criticized the committee, oh, it matters what you do on the field. Florida State should have been there. They probably got it right. If the idea is the four best teams right. in the moment, they probably got it right. And maybe Georgia's one of them, but they, they lost their championship. Yeah, but but the, the Florida State-Georgia game was not an indication of that. No, it was that they that the committee got it right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Florida State didn't belong there. No, but but, but Florida State no, had like 20-some yeah. guys yeah. out. And oh, Florida right, State's defense is True, really but without good. the quarterback, right, without the quarterback, they just were not the same team. And uh, just to answer your question, Sylvie, the, for me, the last time I was that excited about college football was probably either 2019 when Tua came back yes. uh, with the walk-off win against Georgia or the year before when Deshaun Watson beat Alabama. That was a great game, the, too. The, those back-to-back national championships were, as, were about as good as it got, and last night was awesome. But like Tyler said, there were two of them last yes. night. The expanded playoffs will be good, though, because yeah. it'll it'll eliminate all the opt-outs and all that stuff. With the bowl games, right, because the bowl games have gotten bad. Yeah. Um, we needed that. Did you hear this? Did you hear Jack and Jackie Harbaugh last night? No. First of all, Jim looks just like Jack now. I mean, like, with the glasses and the hat, and, like, for those who don't know, Jack Harbaugh was a, a famous, famous, famous yeah. Head coach at Western Kentucky for many years. When Waddle and I uh, first started, we used to put Jack Harbaugh on all the time to talk about John and Jim when right. they would play each other, Baltimore and San Francisco. And and Jack Harbaugh, the dad, was a huge Waddle fan. Loved Waddle. Maybe we'll even get him on later in the week to talk about the national championship game. But it, like. First of all, when Jim talks, I was I was jokingly texting the group yesterday, and and I included you in this. <laughs> is, is is Jim Harbaugh a a bigger winner or weirdo? <laughs> he beats to his own drum, like no doubt. He is the, he's a huge winner, and, and th- look, I'm a weirdo. Look, so, so look, you uh, can identify him a, easily. It takes a weirdo to know a weirdo. So he like. He, he's super weird, but the, this is so awesome. Um, Jack and Jackie. I didn't know that they were, they basically had the same name either. I didn't either. They're, ja- they're Jack and Jackie. Um, and this was after the game, their post-game interview. Your son talks about the two of you all the time. He's talked about this moment coming for this program for a long time. How do you put into words your emotions right now? Are you kidding me? They won! A family that will use for a long time. And it goes like this. Who's better, better than us? Nobody! I know you get tense during these games. Were you on the edge of your seat throughout this one? Well, of course. We were yelling and screaming. That's what the we're supposed to in the game was right before the long drive, Jackie decided that we should switch seats. Oh, my goodness. And I moved to her seat. She moved to mine and... This is the result that we get. All right, so you, you'll have to do that in the national championship yeah. at a certain time, maybe a little earlier in that game. Yeah, for everybody's happy to. Oh, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. So much. Congratulations. Wait a minute. That's the first time I heard that. That was awesome. Wasn't it? 
I like love the that. mom, Jackie. But you have to remember, this is a football family that has seen the high. The, 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 the two sons played each other in the Super each Bowl. Each other. So my point is just to sh- continue to have that emotion for your kid. By the way, that was cool, them playing each other in the Super Bowl. Think about this. One son could win a national championship in the same year one son wins the Super Bowl. Well, think about Because the Ravens yeah, are damn it's good. It's crazy. So to go from wow. playing each other in the Super Bowl to then a decade later, maybe in the same year, both winning their championships in college and in the NFL. I have goosebumps just thinking about it. That, that's un- it's incredible. That's unbelievable. And, and boy, is John Harbaugh a good coach. Oh, my God. I keep looking for the Ravens to have a letdown. They just keep beating everybody up. It's also because you guys are represented by the same agent. The, Brian Harlan, yes. We are. Who do you think gets uh, the phone call, the phone, the, the return phone call quicker, John or me? You. You'd be incorrect. <laughs> it's Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> do you, do you want to hear more business with do, him these days? Do you, Tyler, do you want it? Should I play the uh, Don Yeek uh, Albert Breer later, or should I play it now since we're on topic? Yeah, you tell me. We're talking Harbaugh. Let's t- yeah, let's hear that. Albert Breer, since we're in Waddle's world, was on um, uh, Cap, Cap and Jay Hood today. It was very good as always. We'll play you his thoughts on Justin Fields in a, uh, later in the show. But this was him talking about the future of Jim Harbaugh possibly going to the NFL. And if you missed the news, he did hire an agent. He has not had like a big time. NFL or college football agent, right. and his NFL agent is Don Yee, the same guy who's represented coaches and and also Tom Brady. So this was him looking into the crystal ball and what this means. It means he's keeping his options open. Now he's worked with a lot of different agents over the years, right? Like so, if you want to go back, you can see like at one point he he'd worked with the CAA people, he'd worked with Trey, Trace Armstrong and, and David Dunn and. Um, there was like a lawyer at one point who was doing his contracts in Iowa, you know, so there have been like a number of different people that have worked with Jim. And um, generally when Jim has had one of these people, it has been around either looking at a move or making a move. And so um, I don't think anything's final. I think it's certainly possible he could stay, but you know, they're playing in the championship game on Monday. I they have 45 seniors on the roster they're going to be losing like almost everybody. A couple of good players coming back, and like Will Johnson, and Mason Graham, who should be high draft picks in twenty twenty five. But um, you know, massive losses after this year. Um, and he has a chance to hand off the Michigan program potentially to one of his you know top assistants and Sharon Moore. Um, with sanctions coming and everything else, it certainly feels like he's going to take a really hard look at the opportunity out there. And to be honest with you, like if I was a team looking. Um, I would have a real hard time not like thinking like that this guy might be the bell of the ball now. And I say that because I know some teams have sort of struggled to wrap their arms around the idea of hiring him because of some of the stories from San Francisco and everything else. But, you know, in my mind, you know, he, I mean, you look at his track record, the way that, you know, what he builds looks the same everywhere he goes. Um, I have a hard time not looking at him and saying like, yeah, like, he might be the best coaching candidate out there. You know, over even the younger guys like Ben Johnson. I don't think there's any doubt he's gone. I've kind of, I've kind of felt that way all year. I thought he might be, might be gone at the end of last year, if you recall. Like, wasn't there some flirtation with the Vikings? Like, I, I really, I, a couple yeah. years ago, a that couple was. years yeah. was it? Okay, I, I think he's gone. I he, definitely he, think he's gone. He's wanted the NFL in the past, but it didn't seem like the NFL wanted him. Now I think, like he just said there. 
He's the bell of the ball, and I think the Chargers would want him. I think the the Raiders would want him if they don't want Pierce. Um, I think there are multiple teams that would want him. Maybe I, I, the the Commanders. This is a, probably a bad comparison, but I almost think of him in some sort of mini Ditka way, in the sense like. If you have some crappy organization and culture, he's going to come in there and change it. Be sure, like, of on course. day one. He, he always has. You know what? Like, just like Ditka did here. I mean, Ditka but, turned it over in just a heartbeat. Just throwing guys, you know, equipment out of their lockers. You're done. You're cut. You're. Uh, we are changing the culture. You're either coming with me. You're either part of the answer or you're part of the problem. And right. I, I feel like Harbaugh will will do that to the, a crappy the, the culture. The players love him. Like. Even though he's known as a guy like that, yeah. the players buy into him. The players loved him in San Francisco, too. Because players that want to win want a guy like that. Right. They want to be coached. They want to be coached. The ones coached. that want to win want to be coached. Yeah. The guys that just want a paycheck should be gone anyway. Yep. You know what the agent move reminded me of? It reminds me of when guys in baseball hire Boris right before free agency. It's good. That's a good comp. It's ex- like this is Pete what Alonso. this is. You go out there and you hire a guy. I mean, he's Sean Payton's agent. He just got Sean Payton $100 million. Mm-hmm. So go hire this guy because he's going to get you the best deal and he's got his foot in the NFL waters. And I've heard, uh, like, I, and I don't know if Shay meant this intentionally last week. I never brought this up. Shay said, like, under one of the negatives of under hiring Jim Harbaugh would be the cost. Or, like, tr- like if you would get Tomlin in a trade, the, the cost. And not, I'm not talking about the compensation of it as far as what the trade would be, but the, the cost of the salary. To me... There is not a negative in the cost of hiring a coach because it's not against the cap. It's not your money. It's the owner's money. These teams are worth billions of dollars. Who the hell cares if Jim Harbaugh makes $25 million? Who cares? The only reason you would care is if it took away something in the infrastructure at Hallis Hall. We're not well, buying, we're not getting a new weight room because we're well, paying that, the coach. Stu- think how I'm just stupid saying. that is. It's the same, you know, the, the same argument to hire counsel and pay him whatever he wants because it doesn't count against the luxury tax. Jesse, look at it this way. Eddie Jackson is making how much this year? What, 18 million? 18 million? Are you telling me that Jim Harbaugh who hires your offensive coordinator, your def- defensive coordinator, hand in who sets the yeah. culture, who yeah. touches every player, um, it, it, he is way more impactful than Eddie Jackson. He is like, I could tell you that he's every bit as impactful, if not more, than Montez Sweat. And you paid Montez Sweat $25 million and gave up a second round yeah, pick for I, him. I don't disagree with you. We know it's a little bit of apples and oranges, but yes, you're right. And, and it doesn't count it, against the cap. Right. I mean, that's it, where you should cheat. That's, that's your you loophole. Spend, right. That's yeah. your loophole. But I don't think he's coming to the Bears. So good luck in San Diego or LA. By the way, a Matt Eberflus joining us. 410. It's a little bit later than normal, but he'll join us at 410. All right, well, let's take more of your calls. Coming up, we got about 20 minutes to take your calls before Eber flus. Uh, it's Waddle and Sylvie, Jesse in for Waddle. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Play fake, McCarthy scanning downfield and throws it high, and Wilson's got it. Coleman Wilson weaving down inside the 10, and Michigan on the doorstep. Loveland motions over. 
keeper, and they pitch it to him. Touchdown as Wilson walks in. Roman Wilson, a huge impact on that drive. Three Michigan tight ends in the ballgame. They hand it to Corn again and makes the cut. First down. Spinston scores. Blake Corn puts Michigan on top in overtime. That's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. With the highlights, fun night of college football. That's the Michigan win right there. We were just talking about Jim Harbaugh. Alabama's defense that last drive, man. I don't know. Sometimes these protect-the-lead defenses just, you know what I mean? Like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Do you pressure them, do you not? You have to take advantage of the fact that the other team's desperate. I don't think defenses do that enough. Whether that means to blitz or not, I don't know. But they don't take advantage of it. They walked down, and then overtime just went their way as well. I hated that fourth down call. I know Adam will be on later. He'll tell the us about it. I just, you, 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 you backed yourself into a corner with that QB sneak. You know what I mean? Like, you got to mm. do uh, maybe, a, maybe even and all a, the timeouts. And then the announcer did say, it's right. like a, uh, uh, Chris Fowler said, it, it was like an NBA game, too, with all the, the timeouts. Timeout right. here, timeout there. The, 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 what was there, an injury before, too? First there was an injury. Then uh, Michigan called the timeout. Then Alabama called, called the timeout. timeout. Yeah. And then they ran that. Um, and uh, but, it, but the drama was great. My, my oldest was rooting for Alabama for some reason. I don't know. I, don't, I think that was the first Alabama game he had watched. Mason. Well, my youngest, you never know with Mason. My youngest was rooting for, for Michigan because he, I was rooting for Michigan because I like Harbaugh. And so we FaceTimed Waddle. Um, and so Waddle always thinks when we FaceTime him that it's a butt dial, so he doesn't pick up. And then he texts me, he goes, was that a, well, on purpose or was that a butt dial? I go, no, Braxy was, was FaceTiming you because he wanted to know some Harbaugh stories. Because I was telling Braxton, I go, you know, the Michigan coach once played for the Bears. He goes, he did? I go, not only did he play for the Bears, but I go, you know, Waddle was his receiver. That was his quarterback. He goes, he was? So then I, I FaceTimed Waddle, and they were talking for 10 minutes about Jim Harbaugh. It was great. That's great. It was, just to, just were, to hear them. They were both great games. They really were. And remember, the second game ends up being close because of the injury that stopped the clock. I mean, there was so much drama in both games. Absolutely amazing. I really thought Alabama was going to pull it out. They, they looked great in that fourth quarter, but not that last drive. Mm. Ben in uh, Boston, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ben? Hey, Happy New Year, guys. How happy you New Year. Hey, I appreciate you taking my question last month about the uh, Otani media question. Um, the thing about Ibuflus that always bothers me, and, and I know you write a column, and I don't know if you've touched on this, uh, Sobi, about he is not a leader among men. And, and, that, and I totally agree with that. It's because he always seems to throw players under the bus. And he rarely takes any sort of responsibility and account- accountability for himself. That really, really bothers me. And I you don't think want Eberflus throws guys under the bus. Well, you know, he talks about the execution part. Like you're the head coach, isn't that your job to make sure that that gets drilled down to the core? You know, that's the one that thing that bothers me. And I don't want polls and Eberflus because they happen to share the agent. And that somehow Eberflus is sort of influencing Pauls to, you know, make sure to keep him around and maybe throw a couple of assistants, you know, most notably, gets he under the bus to keep him. Because I believe that 
you know, when you sh- when they show who you are, you know, you better believe the first time. You know, that's a famous quote from Maya Angelou. And I just don't think that Ibufu is the kind of person who can learn from his past mistakes. And I don't want him to think that the Bears job is something that uh, he can, you know, kind of grow into it. Because next year, if the Bears are still having similar problems, then Bowles is the one who is tied to Ibufu and, you know, then both men certainly not somebody that Kevin Warren hired, then both of them will be, you know, canned. I, I want to know what you think about Ibu Fuz's uh, quality as a coach and a leadership. I, I think you're being a little harsh. Um, by using the word execution, he avoids throwing specific people under the bus. That's the way I read it. If you want, you know what I mean? Like, that's such an ambiguous kind of execution. Well, of course, Very everybody right. needs to execute on every team. Um, and by the way, the times you've said, is this on you, coach? You've said this to him. He said, he has said, of course it is. Right, or something right, to that effect. Right, right. So I think he's been pretty even keel when it comes to players and stuff in terms of throwing them under the bus. I don't think he's done that. He's used the word excuse. You know, he's used the word execution as yeah. his excuse. Yeah, you know how I, like, again, you know how I feel. I've always said, if you can upgrade any position, yeah, yeah. if you could upgrade left tackle, you do it. If you could upgrade quarterback, you do it. If you could upgrade coaching, you do it. You know, like it, uh, it's the Cubs theory. Right. They did it twice. I think the White they Sox man- but did it with Ricky Renneria right. too. Exactly. They had manager in place, and a month later, they said, "Oh, Craig Council's a free agent. We're going to upgrade." It's a harsh reality, you know, sometimes, but you do it. So I, I don't disagree if. Pick a name. If Nick Saban's available, maybe they'll upgrade. I don't know. Or maybe Harbor. Right. Who knows? Right. Like uh, uh, the the Blackhawks did it too. It, yes, it was they a did. very They're... unpopular decision yeah. with the fan base with Dennis Savard. Yeah, four he games was a in. Fan fan. Four yeah. games in. Yeah. I remember. I think Mac threw a phone. I think it was Mac <laughs> who was so furious over because Savvy Mac, was a friend of the show. That could have been a Tuesday. Mac Mac did, a that, that is true. <laughs> and and. Um, and, and and Joel Quinville, you know, Joel Quinville was in St. Louis. He was in Colorado. They hired him as a, uh, scout. a consultant yeah, or a scout. scout. Yeah. And 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 three championships later, Coach Q. It's a great call, Dale Talon. I mean, this is this is Dennis Savard, right? You know, you're Legend. putting your neck on the line firing him four games in, right? You can't even say, but he saw something come. He didn't like how things were rolling, all right? And they made the change. So, uh, let's take more of your calls. Then uh, in 15 minutes, we're going to talk to Matt Eberflus. He joins us at 4:10.